With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for The Everyday Guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Hello and welcome to the MMQB NFL Podcast. I'm Connor Orr. We've got Mitch Goldich here for what is undoubtedly my favorite day of the year, and that is relaying the results of me picking all 272 games on the NFL calendar. I have Mitch here because he is the editor that actually has to fact check the most ridiculous thing on our content calendar. I don't think it's even close. And also to do all of the tiebreakers. So I should ask you first, Mitch, how are you feeling about all of this? I'm great. I I love the NFL tiebreakers. This is me in my element. I wish I could just spend my entire year doing nothing but NFL tiebreakers. I think I'd be very good at the, you know, the basically Steve Kornacki after one of the recent election cycles, they just started letting him do it on Sunday night football. He comes on the pregame show and the halftime show. I could do that job. Now I love Steve Kornacki. And so I'm not trying, I'm not coming for his job and I'm not trying to say that he is bad at his job, but I think that's like a role for me that I could easily handle. Just put me on there talking about tiebreakers. Oh, I love it. But Connor, I have to, I have to ask you, is this really one of your favorite days of the year? Because that's a classic thing that you say now well, let's go behind the curtain. We are taping on Wednesday, and mm-hmm. this will be revealed Thursday. I know you. You will be a ball of stress. You will be getting requests for radio shows in cities where you said their team is going to go 5-12. and 12. You're going to have fans yelling at you. I think you're going to be a little bit stressed tomorrow. So just try to remember right now this feeling of how happy you claim to be and try to just keep that in mind tomorrow when uh, when people start slinging their arrows at you. You're right, Mitch. Uh, I I think that the day when, you know, all radio stations want to have you on to either praise your pick or be skeptical of your pick or fight your pick. I famously got into sort of a verbal uh, fisticuffs with a Cincinnati radio host before the year that they went to the Super Bowl. I had them projected for four wins 
and I think I said over and over on the air, find me more than four wins on that schedule. I think Joe Burrow did that. <laughs> and <them>. then some. <laughs> he got him. Uh, and, uh, but since then, uh, you know, come full they, circle. And as they everybody. They found three in the playoffs alone, I guess, they found, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, which is uh, why, if you're a loyal listener to the podcast, you know, I became a Bengals fan. So it's all good. It all works. How, yeah. Out. Oh, we buried the lead. Connor, how was your first week as a Bengals fan? It was great. Um, although, if anyone listened to the podcast last week, I was between the Bengals and the Ravens, right? And so my wife and I watched the Ravens uh, commanders preseason game where the streak was broken. And I got I got kind of emotional. I mean, uh, you can read what I wrote about it. uh, And but I I thought this was a very big thing. And I was very standing on the table ish for John Harbaugh and the Ravens in that moment. But I had to get that out of the back of my head. They're division rivals. And just because I almost picked them doesn't mean that I can't root against them. And so full steam ahead. We're just waiting for news on Joe Burrow like everybody else, Mitch. Yeah, it's interesting. Now, uh, everything we read of yours will be through the lens of, is he being a biased fan here or is he being <laughs> objective? And, uh, and I don't know. I don't, we'll, we'll find out. At least now your biases are out in the open for, for all to know. I think it's going to be fu- a fun bit to just fully jump from I just picked this team yesterday to where have you been? I'm a dyed in the wool Bengals fan. I love Skyline Chili. Have you ever had Skyline Chili? I have. I like Skyline Chili. I know it, it's controversial. I I like it. I'm you, I'm a, I'm a supporter. What's your like? What's your workup? Do you do the, um, the whole thing? I don't, I think so. I, so I have not had it in a long time, so I couldn't tell you the details, but I, I, well, let me try to remember. I think it's like five ways, I, five I, ways. all this, all the stuff on it. It's possible that it has gotten more ridiculous since I've been there and they're putting on like absolutely crazy numbers of toppings just for Instagram or whatever. But last I remember it was the, the spaghetti, the chili, the cheese, the onions. There might've been a fifth one. The, the, Sort of, I feel like I went there for the first time right before sort of it uh, became a thing on the internet that people liked to complain about or argue about or say was disgusting or whatever. And so, I don't know, there may have been changes in the years since. But but whatever the classic, like, as of the year 2010 way is the way that I've had it with, with all the stuff available to me in that time. Nice. Um I yacked in a Skyline bathroom once because I just couldn't. The mountains of cheese. I don't like cheese, but I had a friend order it for me. And so I think if I had to do it again, I would do the spaghetti, the chili, and the onions. And and maybe that would be something I could, maybe that'd be something I could stomach and walk away from. I'm not going to disparage Skyline chili because my roommate used to make a really good Skyline chili dip um, in college. So I think if I could bring that back somehow, I'm pro Skyline uh, there's nothing quite like it. Anyway, so, so no, 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 don't, don't. Anyway, me, I, I have more Skyline chili takes. <laughs> Let me give you a pro. This tip podcast is brought to you by Skyline, by the way. <laughs> I have had, I have been to a Skyline chili establishment, and I have had it there in the restaurant. I also, I have been to one Cincinnati Reds game at, I think it was called Great American Ballpark at the time, and it has some other new stupid corporate name now. But I ordered it at the Reds game. And, you know, at the restaurant, it comes on a plate, and you're right, it's piled high with all that cheese. At the baseball game, it came in, like, a plastic Tupperware kind of situation with a lid, and they closed the lid so that you could walk with it to your seat. And that process of closing the lid, it got so hot in there that all of the cheese melted. 
and it was excellent that because you're right it's the the cheese in the restaurant it's like straight out of the bag just like the you know cold shredded cheese where it's the little pieces but but uh in the tupperware melted all this hot gooey cheese all over everything else i thought was uh was a great way to enjoy it so i have no idea if it still comes like that this could all be different i think that was back in maybe 2007 so we're we're talking about a long time ago uh me remembering this chili that i had uh but loved it at the ballpark with the melted cheese it's still Great American Ballpark, by the way. Oh, interesting. Which is a which so Great American is an insurance company. Uh so it is a company name. However, it's just called the Great like if you called it the Great American Ballpark, I feel like that's solid. Um that's gonna go down a uh that's gonna go down a rabbit hole. But all right. I'm glad we landed there at Skyline Chili. Obviously, as big of a Bengals fan as I am, I'm gonna need to learn to stomach that. I'm gonna find the way that I like it. If anybody listens to this podcast and lives in Cincinnati and wants to tell me how to enjoy Skyline without cheese, please leave a rating and a review and your ideal Skyline markup, because then that way I can uh I can try to duplicate it when I'm out there trying to get some season tickets and uh you know just did you watching. hear from any Bengals fans this week i did um i got i got welcomed with open arms i'm okay. i'm pretty excited about it. i do feel like this is the right time to get in i feel like the super bowl year would have been a little rough i i committed not knowing the result of joe burrow's calf strain i'm very brave and uh with that mitch let's get into the predict every game matrix uh, I'm sure you're sick of looking at this, but we're in a Google Excel sheet. And what I want to do is I think I want to go division by division. I'm going to read the records. And then if you have anything that you want to immediately stop me with, I want you to just throw your hand up and say, whoa, whoa, whoa. Or we can just kind of assess the division as it is. Um, Mitch, one final sort of behind the curtain uh, aggravating nail in Mitch's coffin. I did the write up blurbs for every division and i was so tired that at the end of the afc i just did the nfc west again instead of the afc west so i have two very different nfc west blurbs which is uh the complete opposite of a solution for mitch i'm surprised you came clean on this yes to be clear the <laughs> records are the same and these these were done for the magazine so you you did these records a uh, a couple of months ago and i don't yes. know if you want to get into that uh also, but yes, you you accidentally not just not just missed the AFC West. Writing two different blurbs for the NFC West is the part that I really love here. Uh, that you you wrote blurbs about all of these teams, separate blurbs, all four teams, and then you forgot you had written them, and then the next day you just did it again and wrote completely uh, separate original thoughts. Like you're spitting it out like the Connor uh, AI chatbot. Just give me <laughs> eighty words about the 49ers. I will do that tomorrow. New eighty words about the 49ers. <laughs> This is your brain on kids, I will say. Um, and if you ever, you know, if you ever have friends that start to have kids and then you're like, God, something's different about them. It's because like they're functioning at about two to three percent brain power. Um, that said, I was in a good headspace when I made these picks. I did make them for the magazine. So we're talking about like late June. I, I noted in the blurbs where I would make a different prediction if I could. But 
I feel pretty good about it. Mitch, you love alphabetical order. So I'm going to start with the AFC East, which is probably my most controversial of all of them. Uh, you came to New England with, with me, which was fun. Uh, there is a reason behind that because I'm picking the Patriots to win the AFC East at 10-7. and 7, Buffalo at 9-8. and 8, Miami at 8-9. and 9, The Jets at 8-9. and 9. This is going to be the one that I get all the hate mail about. Yeah, it's uh, I, I mean, this is a take you've already put out in the world and now you're just doubling and tripling down on it. You ha- you had your hundred bold predictions, which we have you do every May, 100 days before the season starts. And in that one, your third one was the Patriots will win the AFC East. That's right, and baby. we saw a lot of comments on social media that said started reading, saw this, exited immediately and then you double down on it. You talked about teams that'll be surprises this year, talked about them again. So I feel like you've written this a few times now. And it's just very funny that we always put the AFC East first and you had to start off with what you know will be your most popular take. So in your intro, you said, I know people are going to quit right away, but please hang in there with me. Um, Honestly, I don't think we have to really discuss the New England part of it that much because like I just said, we've talked about it this offseason, but I'm interested in the fact that you only have one AFC East team in the playoffs at all. And so obviously that means you've got the Bills missing the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dolphins and Jets also. I mean, the, all four of these teams are very popular and trendy picks to get in. And there are people who think they're going to get three teams in and or everybody except New England uh, is a combination that we're seeing from a lot of people. So what's the thought process? I mean, th- to me, the big headline is Buffalo misses the playoffs entirely, not just loses to the Patriots. So so talk me through the thought process on sort of the rest of the AFC East. So I, I just don't think it's that out of the realm of possibility that the Bills throw up a stinker, right? I mean, they've had, fi- what, what, five really good seasons in a row, four really good seasons in a row. And my argument is, if you lose the Super Bowl, it's almost impossible to get back to back to the Super Bowl the next year, and we've seen teams struggle to even make the playoffs last year. My argument would be that what the Bills did last year was harder than making it to the Super Bowl and losing. They were expected to win the Super Bowl from the beginning of the season. They were wire-to-wire favorites. They played well, and then they had this cataclysmic event that just sapped their energy This is, and again, this is a Bills team that the year before is coming off a controversial loss to Kansas City, where they may have started questioning each other, questioning themselves, questioning what was going on. So I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that some degree of exhaustion just sets in there. And like, hey, Josh Allen just puts up a bad season. Like the offensive line just has a hard time blocking. Maybe some of the old guys on their roster just get a little old. Maybe the, what they were going for just doesn't work. And I think that sometimes we need to put down um, our metrics and just consider the human element of this, which is like, hey, these guys might be tired. They might be exhausted. And that's that. Yeah. So it's very interesting. I, I mean, I'm not going to pick the Bills to miss the playoffs, but you are correct that statistically it is likely they will miss it at some point. So I think people are spoiled. I mean, at some Over point the history in the, of humanity, in the, you know, in the Josh <laughs> Allen run specifically. So I think Tom Brady and Peyton Manning, just total freaks of nature, changed the way people think about things. Those guys were just in the hunt every single year. 
11 wins, 12 wins, 14 wins sometimes in the playoffs every single time. But if you look at other teams that have had great quarterbacks for long stretches, the Saints with Drew Brees had that run of three straight seasons where they went seven and nine. And even the Packers, I'm now looking at there, they had a seven and nine season and a six, nine and one. And I know there are some seasons where Rodgers missed some time, but also like that happens. And so you can't look at a team like the Bills and just pencil them in as they're going to be a playoff team 15 years in a row. There will probably be a year somewhere where things break wrong and maybe it's a combination of somebody gets hurt or um, the division around them just happens to be really good or something fluky happens, tough schedule, whatever. So you're right that it it is likely it will happen at some point. I think, I mean, Ben Roethlisberger had years out of the playoffs. I feel like, again, Brady and Manning just sort of busted the curve. And then you look at Patrick Mahomes and you think he's going to be one of those guys and you can't imagine a season where a healthy Patrick Mahomes is not in the playoffs, even though it could happen for those guys. And, and I mean, Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, like these are all-time great quarterbacks. Josh Allen and uh, Burrow, you know, they'd be thrilled to have careers like those guys had. And those guys had seasons where their teams missed the playoffs. So you're you're right that it's not outside the realm of possibility that their careers will be littered with a couple of seasons here and there like that. Uh, but it's just very bold to go out on that limb <laughs> and say before the season they are that uh, Josh Allen is healthy and the Bills team is really good and this is going to be one of those seasons for them. It's just a, a bold leap to say that. It's an especially bold – I mean uh, I won't get this granular with every schedule, but I do think that there's a chance – a pretty good chance that they go into the Sunday game against the Jacksonville Jaguars on October 8th undefeated, right? So you have the Jets. You're opening at Jets. Um, statistically, they've been sort of, as a franchise, and again, that's hard to put on Robert Sala when he hasn't played a Rex Ryan kind of game, but you know, you go back to the beginning of the, Rex, the, the middle of that Rex Ryan era where the team was already excellent and you start the season without Darrell Rivas on Monday Night Football, and I think they won that game, um, but you know, you have this big Monday Night Football opener um, with the Jets and the Bills. I think that's a game the Bills win. You have the Raiders, who I don't think are going to be very good. You go to the Commanders, who I don't think are going to be very good. And then you go to the Dolphins, who, again, I think are going to tie for last place in the division uh, or be at the bottom of that division. So I, I think this pick is going to look rough for a little while. <laughs> and then it's going to even out because at the end of the year, starting in week five, this schedule gets tough, right? You have Jacksonville, so you have Trevor Lawrence, you have the Giants, you have the Patriots, you have Week 9 at the Bengals, you have Week 12 at the Eagles. Right after your bye week, you go to Kansas City, right? So normally you're hoping after the bye to reestablish that sense of downhill momentum, and then you go and face Andy Reid in a really tough place to play a game with a lot of history, then the Cowboys, then at the Chargers, cross-country trip, then the Patriots. So I think the end of this schedule is brutal. And now let's circle back for a second. I do think I have them mounting a little bit of a comeback at that point in the schedule when I did project those games and sort of a last minute flailing attempt there. So I do think they're going to do okay, but I do think that the gravity of all of those matchups back to back, plus maybe they have a hiccup one or two of these at the beginning of the year. And all of a sudden you have uh, just, I don't know, Mitch, just a, just a fluky bill season and that's okay. Yeah. Well, and the other thing is, you know, you are the Oracle. Other people are looking at the bills schedule and they're seeing the list of, who they're playing and where the game is 
you're factoring in, I mean, massive snowstorm in Buffalo. Some of these games are going to be played in Detroit or Atlanta <laughs> or who knows where these games are going to be. You're the only one who's who's looking into the future and uh, and, and and seeing things at, at that level. So, that's, you know, that's right. At some point, we just have to have to give it up to you and just trust that, you know, things. That's right. Damn it. Um, Miami and the Jets. Listen, I mean, I, I've I've said my piece on Miami. I think they're a good team. I think they're very injury prone. Your two best players, your two most important players, are linear speed sprinters. We saw Tyree Kill sort of break down a little bit at the end of the season last year and couldn't do as much of what he was doing at the beginning of the year. It's a hard offense to sustain throughout the course of a season, I think. And so, you know, and, and to a tongue of Iloa, yeah, he had a, he had some great games. I, will that continue? I have no idea. Uh, the Jets, too, it's... It, it, this one's tough. I You know, I think that they could show progress and still be 8-9, and nine, but no one's going to be excited about that. There's a lot of personalities to bake in here, man. This is a tough season. Like, you're adding in... I, I listed them in a column I did for Dalvin Cook when Dalvin Cook was signed, but, you know, a lot of these teams have two of these, like, veteran locker room guys. The Jets now have, like, 11. And as a coach, it's just all these different egos that you have to pacify, all these different conditions that you have to make. I mean, if they get rowing in the right direction and Rodgers is great, I noted that in the blurbs. This team could go 15-2. and two. But if it struggles to get off the ground, I think that, you know, if they lose that first game against Buffalo, I think it's it, it, it casts a little bit of a pall in the end of the season. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. <laughs> Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs... Yeah, like check out these hair. Pl- I mean, don't just walk around. Hey, tapping. Hey, hey, stranger. I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have to do that with everyone you meet? Try to act like they. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, like, like John Cena got him. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, "Look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot." Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but all right. So, what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. Though. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. 
And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Let's bounce into the the best part of this, Mitch, which is the AFC North. Uh, obviously, the first place Cincinnati Bengals is going to win this division at thirteen and you're, four. You're a bi- biased fan. I think we can just skip right over the AFC North. <laughs> <laughs> um, Baltimore at eleven and six, Pittsburgh nine and eight, Cleveland eight and nine. My only uh, kind of kick myself moment there after seeing Kenny Pickett in the preseason, and I knew this, and I wrote about this. Um, I heard a lot of great things about Kenny Pickett this offseason. I really liked the way he looked. I could flip Baltimore and Pittsburgh. I could see Pittsburgh going 11 and six and Baltimore going nine and eight. I'd be okay with either of those. And uh, listen, Cleveland, ultimate bet hedge there. I have them finishing last place at 8-9. and nine. There was a moment in the preseason where Deshaun Watson was running a lot. Um, I think that might be something he leans on this year because it doesn't seem like he's jibing with the offense as it's designed. I mean, if he takes off and he uses his legs with reckless abandon, this team could be 13-4. and four. You know, they could win the division by a mile. Jim Schwartz is really good at his job, so... That's a tough division to project, but, uh, you know, as a dyed-in-the-wool Bengals fan, I, I really I, I can't can't go back on, on, on my Bengals. All right, let's move on to the AFC South because this is another interesting one because we uh, the, the listeners can't take another two-hour podcast. We, could, we can't spend as much time on every division as we did on the AFC East. So let's, uh, let's move things along a little bit. But AFC South is another one where you are against the trend a bit. So I want you, if you want to read through your team records and then defend your division champion here. Okay, Tennessee in first place at 10 and 7. Jacksonville in second place at 10 and 7. Indianapolis in third place at 8 and 9. Houston 5 and 12. My one major regret there is I wish I knocked Houston down a couple more wins. Uh, Maybe make them like a three-win team, which is going to be an absolute banner trade for the Arizona Cardinals who could end up with the first two picks in the draft. Tennessee at 10 and 7. Here it is, Mitch. They signed DeAndre Hopkins, and I don't think that makes them good, but I think Mike Vrabel thinks they're going to be good, and if Mike Vrabel thinks this team is going to be good, I have no reason to doubt him. I think he's a top-five coach in the NFL. I think they can, you know, it's like the end of True Detective. Woody Harrelson is old. He's broken down, but they still get the Yellow King. Derrick Henry's coming back for one more run. Ryan Tannehill back for one more run. Love the Titans, So what's interesting here, you you have them... 10 and 7, but you actually you have them starting 1 and 3 and mm-hmm. then 2 and 4 heading into the bye week. That's right. You envision this Tennessee team because there was talk in the offseason about should they trade Tannehill to the Falcons or to wherever else? Should they trade Derrick Henry while he still has some value? Should they sort of tear it down and rebuild? You think they can turn around and win the division even if they start the season 1 and 3, 2 and 4 into the bye? You think they hold on to their guys, make a run at it, go for it? You don't think... This is a team that if they start slow, the wheels could totally fall off the season. 
No way. Even with the mounting pressure of having two pretty good backup quarterbacks. I mean, Malik Willis has looked good in the preseason. I think they ride it through with Tannehill. Um, I'm all in. I mean, Tennessee was another finalist for Conroe's future favorite team, but mm -hmm. that was largely a Mike Rabel pick. So that's what I'm going for. I think Jacksonville is good, but how many times, Mitch, have we gone through a preseason where it's like, oh, this is the trendy team. This is the team. If you pick against them, you're an idiot. You don't know football. How many times did people say that about the Chargers? Every year. And the Jacksonville Jaguars are the new Chargers. I think they're going to be good. They're going to be fine. There's going to be nothing wrong with this team. I, I, I have them making the... They do sneak into the playoffs, correct? Yes, you do At have 10 and them seven. as the sixth seed, as the, uh, the second wild card. So they're going to get in. Relax. Maybe they <laughs> mount a Super Bowl run, everybody. But I didn't get that far yet. Leave me alone. But uh, yeah, so I don't know. That's, that's my take on this. I think the Colts will be a very good 8-9. and nine. Very fun to watch 8-9. and nine. I like Jacksonville a lot as... Uh, Long time, uh, I don't know how loyal the listeners of your show are to the uh, the old gambling episodes we used to do, but I was on before the Super Bowl with uh, Gary Gramling and Jimmy Traina. And uh, Connor, you should know I have I'm uh, I'm tied up in Jaguars making it to the Super Bowl. I placed that uh, that mm. wager even before Super Bowl Fifty Seven. I was in on Super Bowl Fifty Eight, and uh, mm. it would be nice for me if the Jaguars go on a little run. I I believe in them quite a bit. I like them a lot this year. Okay. Um, AFC West, pretty boring. Chiefs at 11 and 6, Chargers at 10 and 7, Vegas at 7 and 10, Denver uh, at 6 and 11. I, I don't think anybody who watched the Broncos in the preseason is going to argue with me on that one. Turns out it's not just the um, head coach's problem. Uh, the Chargers, Mitch, you uh, helped edit uh, a piece that I did on the receivers. Uh, for Sports Illustrated this week. I'm higher on the Chargers probably than I've been in quite some time, and I think this is a good season for them now that everybody has sort of given up on them as the hype team of the offseason. They have a massive starting lineup of wide receivers, guys that are 6'8", 6'4", 6'4", 6'3", 6'1". I think they're going to cause a lot of ma matchup problems, and I think that uh, Kellen Moore, the new offensive coordinator, is going to unleash Justin Herbert and unleash in quotes, this guy did throw for 5,000 yards with Joe Lombardi, but I think he's going to hit areas of the field that we've never seen him throw to before. I think he's going to be a little bit more of a high-wire act. It's going to be a fun season. Yeah, man, the the AFC is just so deep. <laughs> That's so deep. Uh, not an original take, but when you try and pick your seven playoff teams, and we, we'll have our season preview predictions on the site um, the week, a couple days before the, uh, before the season kicks off, um, man, I am having a hard enough time figuring out my seven and I'm just leaving out a couple teams that I really want to have in and looking at your field. I mean, you've got the Patriots and Titans in, and those are teams a lot of people are leaving out. So you've just got a lot of good teams that there's just no room for in this field. Uh, you know, Buffalo, obviously we talked about, but Miami, the Jets, Pittsburgh, maybe Cleveland. It's just, man, it's so crowded. It's, uh, it, it's going to be, I mean, I'm not saying let's fast forward to the AFC playoffs already, but it's going to be incredible watching some of these great teams go at it. Uh, man, I'm ready. I'm ready for football, Connor. This is going to be fun. <laughs> if this, if if none of these hit, I am going to be, I'm going to get annihilated. Yes. By the way. Like, absolutely, positively annihilated. Um, and I'm really going to have to go back to the drawing board and adjust the algorithm. Well, your, um, your NFC picks are a little more chalky. 
Um, they're a little. They're a little bit more. Chunky. There are yeah. some interesting things, and I think that makes sense. The NFC is a little more top heavy. I think anyone picking, you know, anyone making NFC picks who doesn't have the Niners, the Eagles, the Cowboys in the playoffs. I mean, that would be. I I think that you'd get skewered for that a lot more if you were just like, yeah, the Niners aren't going to make the playoffs. <laughs> like that would be ridiculous. <laughs> um, so the NFC picks, you you still have some surprises in there, but but definitely a little more chalky. Nothing that uh, nothing that stands out as as too nuts to me. The um, a quick story before we go to the um, to the NFC. So one year, um, I, I hope you guys read uh, Ray Ratto, who uh, now writes for Defector. He's legendary sports writer, um, really great, funny guy. Um, has uh, has a show uh, talk show in the Bay Area for a long time, and I was on his radio show after one season, <laughs> before one season after my predictions came out, and he just goes. I'm going to ask the question that everybody's thinking. Who are you? Why is this a thing? And like, I can't imagine you actually have a process. And if so, can you please explain it to me? And so uh, he cut through the morass there. But um, I I do have a process. And I'm just saying, if none of these picks hit, it's going to be a very back to the drawing board kind of off season at Oracle headquarters. What, Some heads are going to roll. What you, know? you don't want is you don't want your Super Bowl picks to both miss the playoffs, and you don't want the actual Super Bowl to be two teams you had missing the playoffs. And so the Bills are a risk for you on that front because Big if time. it was, if well, let's see again. There's no there's no really popular NFC team you left out. Let's let's say for example you left out the Niners, which obviously you didn't. And then you have the Bills and Niners both missing the playoffs, and then they face each other in the Super Bowl. That's like a memorable headline thing because people have bad picks. You can say, oh, remember that guy had that bad pick. That You don't want like, oh, Connor Orr. Oh, yeah, he's that guy who had the Bills and Niners both missing the playoffs the year they went to the Super Bowl. You don't want to give them – you don't want to give them a headline. And uh, and I don't know that you have anything like that in the NFC. Yeah. Um I just have this in the back of my mind, this constant perpetual fear of remember being in the media area after the Patriots won the Super Bowl and Kyle Van Noy saying not one person in the media believed in us. And I'm sitting there like I did like, you know, and and it's one of those things where this is Kyle's moment. I'm not going to take away from it, but I believed in you. I went to camp that year. I wrote you guys were going to be good. And so I'm, I'm very sensitive to that because people lump in all the media but it's not all one person, guys. We're different. We have different processes, and some of us think the Patriots are going to win the AFC East. Um, and, and some think the Cowboys are going to win the NFC East. What a transition yes. here. <laughs> all right. Yeah, Cowboys at 11-6, and six, <laughs> Philadelphia at 10-7, and seven, the Giants at 9-8, and eight, and the Commanders at 6-11. and 11. Um, I feel great about this. Uh, which again, I mean, clip this for pros- uh, for posterity's sake. Um, after this goes completely haywire, and Josh Harris and his fake handshake win the division in his first season as a uh, Commanders owner, but I like this top to bottom. The Eagles are either going to be like fifteen and two, or I think they're just going to regress a little bit. I just still think it's hard to lose both of your coordinators and sustain something. Jalen Hurts is a quarterback. I think that that needs that good coordinator that needs that good support system. And Brian Johnson could be excellent. I think might be excellent, probably will be excellent, but we just don't know yet. So a lot of question marks there, I think. And it's also, this is the weirdo division where no team has repeated as division champ since I think 2004. 
It's just every single year it's somebody new. So that that was that was going to answer my question. I mean, listen, eleven and six, ten and seven, those are good records, and both playoff teams here. I was going to ask you to make the case why Dallas over Philadelphia. Do you think Dallas is a better team than Philly, or is some of this actually schedule related from when you go through your process and look at all the games? I think Dallas is getting back to probably what makes Dak Prescott good. I think that there I think he might have tried to he he may have tried to do too much towards the end of the Kellen Moore era and I think we we're going to see kind of a little bit of a swapping of bodies in terms of Justin Herbert and that offense now and Dak Prescott and something that's a little more conservative. But I just think that they have all the tenants Dallas of a Super Bowl team, right? They have an elite pass rusher. They have an elite shutdown cornerback. They have a good offensive line. They have a good running game. They can command all of the aspects of a game that you would need to. It's going to be about injuries. I think they have a very deep, experienced veteran coaching staff, uh, you know, and we'll see. But, uh, you know, it's one of those things where if you had to bet on it, you'd bet on a bunch of guys who've been there before in terms of coaches. You'd bet on um those sort of core positions and having elite players there and you bet on Prescott rebounding a little bit and then what the only other note I'm going to make there on the NFC East is Giants at 9 and 8 I hear you Giants fans I know that team got better in the offseason but their schedule is god awful it is god awful and I think that 9 and 8 represents like that's that's an 11 win season under normal circumstances can we agree that that schedule is awful? Um, I don't have it in front of me because I – so, again, well, I love letting people behind the curtain. I'm looking at your Google sheet, which just has, like, uh, the week wins one, and two, all the way to 18. It's yeah. just, like, W, W, L, L, L. So I actually don't have their opponents in front of so, me. I can so look at this. Could, yeah, go for so, it. So I have it up. So you're going to start the season – um, on September 10th, Sunday night football against the Cowboys. That's every, a tough one. Every year. Cowboys-Giants, yep. Sunday night football. What is this? <laughs> then your easy game is short rest across the country to Arizona. Okay? And then I'm assuming they'll stay out there. Because then again, short rest, Thursday night football, San Francisco. And then you host the Seahawks. Then a two-game road trip against the AFC East in Miami and Buffalo. Your next winnable game isn't until October 22nd against the Commanders. This is brutal. Brutal. And then after the Commanders game, you have the Snoopy Bowl showdown against the Jets. Then again, travel cross-country to Vegas. Travel to Dallas. Travel to Washington. Before a home game against the New England Patriots the couple days after Thanksgiving, right before your bye. And then after the bye... Green Bay, two New Orleans, two Philadelphia versus Los Angeles versus Philadelphia. Philadelphia twice in three weeks to end the season. One of them on Christmas. I uh, poor Brian Dable. That team got absolutely steamrolled by the scheduling committee this year. Brutal. We shall see. You have them winning some of those games that <laughs> that you're saying are tough. People, I will say, we're, we're sort of talking through it all. I hope people still go to the website and check it out because I think it is interesting looking at all the teams game by game, and I think your blurbs add more context. So especially the people who are ready to, uh, you know, call you an idiot, I think I think it's it's worth going to the site. I hope people still come to the site and read it. Um, it's also we we say it's one of your favorites and and most uh, fun projects for you to work on all year. It is often one of our biggest uh, traffic gainers of the year. Also, this is this is a popular piece on the website, so I, I'm hoping people check it out. Yeah, you should check it out.
There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of it. Like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. The NFC North. This one I hated uh, because the Lions are another Chargers trendy pitfall team, but I have them winning the division at eleven and six. Green Bay ten and seven. Chicago seven and ten. Minnesota seven and ten. Vikings fans, you're going to regress. Accept it. You were a very lucky, fortunate team last year. And you still haven't paid Justin Jefferson. You need to get those good vibes going into the season. You haven't done it yet. Um, I I don't know how you feel about the Lions winning the division. I think if I had to do it again, I'd have the Packers winning the division. Jordan Love's looked pretty spectacular in the preseason, in my mind. But Jared Goff is sort of the class of this division. Ben Johnson is going to be an NFL head coach next year. And away we go. Yeah, I feel similarly. This is tough. So, and I have not finished my predictions. I will probably have the Lions winning the division, but this is one where I I think it would be fun to have a contrarian take. I think the NFC North and NFC South are the two toughest to pick a champion for me. And uh, and I'm probably just going to end up going with the Lions. Just so many question marks with, you know, Jordan Love. I mean, you you know, we just don't know how good he's going to be. And, and even like Minnesota is interesting. I think it would be fun to be to be the anti-regression guy and just be like, actually, Minnesota, uh, I know they're going to regress in the one-score games. They can't go undefeated in those again this year, but they still have some good players, and uh, I think they could be better than people think they are, but I uh, 
I I don't know if I want to be the guy who stands on that take. So I don't know. I'll I'll probably go with the Lions. This all looks very uh, defensible to me. And I and I will say we've been talking about the champions and the records, but your wild card teams, you uh, you do have the Packers in the playoffs. You have. Um, I don't want to spoil it. You have an NFC West team, and then you have the Packers and Eagles as your wild cards. Boy, Jordan Love in the playoffs and Aaron Rodgers not in the playoffs. I <laughs> promise, guys, that was not a, uh, you know, I, I'm going by the data. I'm going by the process, okay? This is not, I'm, you know, I'm not I'm not hard knocks here. I'm not trying to drum up storylines. And, and you've, um, you've got uh, the Lions as the three seed and the Packers as the six seed. So there's a chance to settle this on the field. They're gonna they're gonna play 17 games, and someone will take be the uh, the technical the regular season division champ. But then they're gonna play to move on. So I like how you've set that up. Let's go. All right, um, NFC South probably my favorite one in terms of this came out exactly the way that I wanted it to. Uh, Atlanta wins the division at eight and nine. Uh, New Orleans seven and ten. Carolina seven and ten. Tampa Bay two and fifteen despite that very gothic, electric Baker Mayfield starting quarterback graphic the team tweeted out yesterday, I don't uh, I don't see it. What say you, Mitch? Yeah, this this is a tough one. I'm I'm I want to hear do you think any team like can you confidently say one of these teams will finish with a winning record? Uh, no, no. I, so I just said the NFC North is a tough one because I want to pick someone other than Detroit, but I think I'll end up picking Detroit. This is the toughest one. I mean, I could talk myself into New Orleans. I think I'm torn between New Orleans and Atlanta. Carolina, they have pieces I like, but I just don't know that I'm going to pick, you know, rookie quarterback to win the division. Um, right. I'm with, I mean, Tampa, I have Tampa in fourth also, but I, I, I have sort of, over the course of the summer, have talked myself into all three of those other teams being division champs. Yeah. And I, I, and I like having uh, them all within a game of each other and having a, uh, an under 500 division winner. I think you, you handled this well, I'd say. Yeah. Um, I, like, I, I can't pick against Bijan, Art. I think this is a good team. But it's realistic expectations, right? I think they're going to be okay. But, you know. And they'll get in the playoffs, and maybe they'll cause a little bit of a problem. But I think they're still a year away from realizing some of the potential um, that we thought. You know what New else? New Orleans is... to me. Oh, sorry. I was going to say, you know what else is going to happen? And now, you did not predict any ties. There are 272 games. There, uh... There's going to be a tie. I don't blame you for not predicting a tie. That's a risky thing. That actually, that feels like my corner. Like, I could write a story before the season of just which game is most likely to be a tie. And, and I think that would actually be very fun. I feel... Confident. Clip this one. There's going to be a tie in the NFC South in an NFC South division game, and it might be between those teams. It might involve the Bucks, but you can just imagine it's Week 14, and these teams are like two of them are six, seven, and one, <laughs> and one of them's seven and seven, and they're all just so muddled, and it's gross, and it's ugly, and we're just like, oh my god, like who's yeah, going to come out of this division? And then, and you've got Atlanta as a division champ at eight and nine, but maybe, maybe it's eight, eight, and one. Maybe it's uh what? maybe it's like seven nine and one wins a division i just there's gonna be a tie in the nfc south this division is too gross looking at the the what the final records are gonna be it just feels appropriate why new why not new orleans saints fans after i uh kind of trashed your city on uh the podcast last week i'm probably not gonna feel the love from that region of the country anytime soon i think you're a little old a little long in the teeth on defense which could be a good thing 
Could be a very good thing. Look at what the Eagles did last year with guys like Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox, um, all their veteran guys staying healthy. But I think it's just too dependent on a lot of guys staying healthy. And uh, Derek Carr just he doesn't move the needle for me. I like Derek Carr. I think Derek Carr's really good. I just don't know if it drastically changes um, the outcome of that division. Um, I think colleague Albert Breer, I think he disagrees with me. I, th- I want to say he had the Saints winning the division, but, um, you know, the uh, the Saints have a lot of high-profile Ohio State players, so he's not here, I can say that. Um, NFC West to close it out, 13-4 and for the San Francisco 49ers, my eventual Super Bowl losers to the Cincinnati Bengals. Seattle Seahawks at 11 and 6. Surprise LA Rams at 9 and 8 who I tried and failed to get into the playoffs as a back-end wild card team. And your number 1 pick in the 2023 NFL Draft. Say it right. Arizona Cardinals. Oh, you didn't say era, it right. The era Fafafafafafafona Cardinals, the Triple F Arizona Cardinals at 1 and 16. Um if that was a market where anybody actually cared about the Cardinals, uh, except for like the one time they had a decent year with Kyler Murray, um, I could see that one in 16 thing being banged around a little bit as like a rallying cry, but no one cares about the Cardinals. They've had other no good cares. seasons. They, you know, had a Super Bowl with uh, Kurt They Warren, have other good seasons, you know. but I did not hear from anybody. Okay, gotcha. Those the some of those uh, the Carson Palmer teams they had a, they had a good run where Cardinals Seahawks was a was a fun little thing. But anyway, yeah, yeah. But the 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 Cliff Kingsbury year where ev- the Cardinals fans are like, ah, we did it, we're here. Me and former uh, uh, former editor Gary Grambling, we were here on this podcast. We were telling you guys, calm down. It's not going to go well. This isn't going to work. Lo and behold, you're still paying your coach and your GM for like another three or four years that you thought were going to be under contract until the end of the next presidential administration so just keep that in mind that's all i ask so nfc playoff picture so you've got niners cowboys lions falcons as division winners seahawks packers eagles this is very different from the afc where i'm not looking at this list like oh my god i can't believe you left this team out or oh it must have been tough to leave them out but any you know no regrets i mean some of the the closest misses are the giants at nine and eight the rams at nine and eight and then you get into Really, team, yeah, I guess, you know, some of these teams that are, you've got like seven and 10, Chicago, Minnesota, New Orleans, Carolina. Again, like I said before we got into this conference, this feels very defensible, a little more chalky, um, some surprises, but this this makes sense to me. Yeah, I, um, my, probably my major regret is the Rams. That's, that's the one where I'm like, eh, you know, I think they're going to be good this year. But who would you have them and- in over? You're not going to leave out the Seahawks. Or you've got the, I mean, you've got the Packers at at the sixth seed and the Eagles. Now here's where we talk about the tiebreakers. The you have the Packers and Eagles both at ten and seven, and so I had to go to conference record, and so I have to look up every little stupid. You have the, I don't know if you know this. <laughs> this may be news to you. You have the Eagles going five and zero oh against the AFC. Uh, they play against the AFC East. And also the Chiefs before Thanksgiving. You have them going five and zero in the AFC games, meaning they have a lower conference record than Green Bay. So the Packers get the six seed, Eagles get the seven seed. But are you really thinking? Let me put the Rams in the playoffs over the Eagles. I mean, obviously you didn't, no. but do you do you regret that? Seahawks would have been my if I had to do it again. Mm-hmm. I think a little bit of a just fudge the numbers. The just give the Seahawks some losses to knock them out. 
This is a perfect uh, vehicle, though, for hedging all my bets because what I've successfully done here is I've put predictions on the board, but I've also, with your help, taped a supplemental podcast that second guesses all these decisions <laughs> so I can point to, they're like, oh, what about that uh, Titans pick, Connor? Or what about that Patriots pick, Connor? And be like, well, you know, if you listen to the podcast, I did say that the Jets could win 15 games here. So, yeah. <laughs> You're like that's what it's all about. Um, yeah, the old SNL clip where they're like pre-taping um, obituary messages on the local news. <laughs> you're like you're just gonna tape a clip. I think the Jets will go 15 and two. I think the Titans will go 15. Just tape it for all 32 teams so that we can put it on Instagram with like a little uh, graphic at the top with the date and it's Connor in August and you just pick pick every team to win the Super Bowl. Pick every team to have a historic outlier year. Just you know that's a that's that's a good move for you. What was the um the uh it's the Gerald se- Gerald, SN- Gerald Ford. G- yeah that's right yeah. Gerald Ford died today yeah, yeah. bought by yeah, a circus lion in a convenience store yeah classic <laughs> <laughs> Oh man Mitch well thank you so much not only for coming on with me but uh for editing this uh for putting in all the love and appreciation that you do and for uh, allowing yourself to be even remotely associated with uh, what will be just a bundle of hate mail. So it's a fun time of year. Hate mail comes for us all. You, you more than me, because you put yourself out there. And uh, uh, but you know, I, I listen. I have some stuff coming up. Can I share? It's it's an exciting time. I'm I'm uh, starting to think about my eighth annual. Week 18 Sunday Night Football Flex Power Rankings, Connor. We've all got our, uh, our annual favorites are coming up. I will, once again, my backward season preview where I will look at the 18th week of the season and try to guess which game will be flexed to Sunday Night Football. I cannot retire this bit until I'm right one time. I have never been right. There have been years where I haven't been close, uh, but I'm I'm thinking about changing my strategy, so... So we'll see. So there's there's lots on the website for people to uh, to look forward to from uh, from all of us. Oh, yes, very exciting. Be on the lookout. Follow Mitch on Twitter. We'll uh, we'll link that in the uh, in the show notes. And uh, all right, buddy, let's get back to work. We got a lot uh, we got a lot happening here. <laughs> all right, uh, always fun, Connor. Thanks for having me on. The MMQB NFL podcast is produced by Shelby Royston. Mark Mravick is the emeritus editor of the MMQB, Super Bowl champion Andy Benoit, and Rec League basketball three-point assassin Gary Gramling are the founders of the MMQB NFL podcast. Be sure to subscribe to this feed on Apple Podcasts, and once you do, leave a rating and review because it really does help other people find the show, which is also available on Spotify, Stitcher, SI.com, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. From BBC Radio 4, 
Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action and last lap passes for the win photo finishes ryan blaney will win the voice of nascar the motor racing network